0: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The following
1: program
2: is an FLW production. Tom Zink, and Tom Zink, da-da-da-da-da. let me tell you why he's the best of all the guys. Tom Zink, and Tom, Tom Zink, with and the his wonderful grease slapper once he's on your tail. He won't quit because of him. There's
1: no such word as fail with Tom Zink. Bum, 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 Tom Zink. Da, 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 da. Wrestlemania weekend's biggest party is coming to Bourbon Street. Don't miss an all-inclusive all-night party Friday, April 6th. Hosted by Kevin Nash and over 20 other wrestling stars. Enjoy unlimited drinks all night long at the Bourbon Cowboy on Bourbon Street. Throw beads from the balcony. Drink and party with your favorite wrestling stars. Hurry. Limited quantities available. Purchase tickets now at pwrshow.com. That's pwrshow.com welcome to systems
2: operating within normal design welcome to w h w one day tony shivani and conrad thompson talking about the great years of world championship wrestling the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions Engaged, and talking about the great years of world championship wrestling the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotion and now let's go to the ring and here's your co-host hey hey it's conrad thompson
0: Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? Monday, right here on the MLW Radio Network, in the man of the hour,
2: too sweet to be sour, Mr. Tony Schiavone. What's going on, Tony? How are you? Hey, Conrad. Good talk to you. Hello, slapdicks all around the world, and uh, thanks for uh, tuning in to What Happened When? Once again, uh, you know, Conrad, I want to say that our downloads continue to grow each week. Uh, and I'd like to thank you for that. And also obviously like to thank everyone who joins us on a weekly basis. I am, as you might imagine, amazed at myself, uh, not you because you know, you're the best at what you do, but amazed at myself that we can continue to entertain the fans each and every week. Thank you for that. By the way,
0: people are excited to have you back in wrestling and, uh, our gift to you last week, we posted on Facebook. If you haven't seen this video, I teased it last week. We put together something I'm pretty proud of. It's over at facebook.com forward slash WHW Monday. And it
2: was our 60th birthday present to you, Tony. what do you think of the video, man? I was blown away by it. Uh, thank Thanks to you, uh, to Chris McDonald, uh, who in the world was able to record the barbarian. Let great, me ask that.
0: Great friend of the show. Mr. John Collins. Uh, he, he managed to hook it up. I, I knew he had told me once upon a time that he was pretty friendly with Barb and I said, Hey, hypothetically, and did one of my masterful Alabama sales pitches and, uh, he did it. And we also had some really awesome messages come our way from both Medusa, which the dream sequence at the end really closed it for me. And wow, is Terry Ronald still a smoke show in 2017
2: or what? Wow. Yeah. She's smoking. She really is. Uh, I had a birthday dinner with my family. And my daughter said, Dad, that video was, that video was incredible. Mom, did you see it? Uh, and Lois went, no. I went, bullshit, you didn't see it. She said, what do you mean? I said, you said you liked it on Facebook, that you're like on there. So she did see it, but she tried to gay-fabe it, you see. And uh, Laurie said, those two girls, good-looking girls, do you know them? I said, yeah, they're friends of mine. She said, oh, okay. So it was like, wow, mom, did you see this?
0: Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome, man. Shout out to Chris McDonald. I think it's one of the best videos ever produced for a birthday. And certainly in wrestling, my goodness, we had multiple people comment on the Starcade video earlier this year. They thought that maybe that was something the WWE had put together. No, that too was Chris McDonald. Uh, shout out to him, man. He's on Twitter at kdog 96 and uh, he's your hookup. If you need something professional thrown together, get a quote. That dude is the dude. Uh, and we're excited to uh, catch up with you this week, Tony, because we're doing something that we encouraged everybody to vote for. And they listened clash of the champions, 29, man, uh, WCW in 1994 is what we're going to be talking about, but we want to go ahead and give you a special announcement for what's coming next Next week, we're going to cover the 20-year anniversary of World War III, 1997. It's a fairly interesting time in the business, of course. We're one month prior to the biggest starcade of them all. And, uh, wow, what a show that would prove to be. So, World War Three, 1997. Set your calendars for that. And as a reminder, well, I guess I'll give you a spoiler and tell you who won. But I will tell you maybe what some of the undercard look like. Of course, this is at the Palace of Auburn Hill's You'll see the Faces of Fear, Glacier, and Ernest Miller. Perry Saturn is taking on Disco Inferno. Yuji Nagata is taking on Ultimo Dragon. The Steiner brothers are in there with the Blue Bloods. We've got Raven taking on Scotty Riggs. Steve McMichael is working with Alex Wright. Eddie Guerrero is back in there again with Rey Mysterio Jr. We've got Kurt working with Ric Flair. And then, of course, the 60-man World War III. And this is for a world title match. So tune in next week. And we're going to cover World War III 1997, but the week after that, that's when things get kind of special, wouldn't you agree?
2: I think it's very special because as we know, uh, it is, uh, the weekend coming up after that is, uh, one of the biggest weekends in wrestling years ago, it was the big weekend in wrestling. And we're going to do a little celebration of that. Starcade 2017 is coming to you that
0: weekend. But we all know Starcade is supposed to be a Thanksgiving night tradition. And that's what we're going to do with you on Thanksgiving. And this is going to be fun, guys. We're going to cover Starcade 1987 at Chi-Town Heat. It went down on November 26th, but you'll be able to hear it on November 23rd. That's right. Thanksgiving, uh, we'll have matches including Eddie Gilbert, Larry Zabisco, and Rick Steiner with Baby Doll taking on Jimmy Garvin, Michael Hayes, and Sting with Precious. We'll also have Dr. Death working with Barry Wyndham. The Rock and Roll Express taking on the Midnight Express. We've got Nikita Koloff working with Terry Taylor. Aaron Anderson and Tully Blanchard are taking on the Road Warriors. We've also got Dusty Rhodes in action with Lex Luger. And inside a steel cage in your main event, it's the Nature Boy, Rick Flair, with James J. Dillon taking on the champion, Ronnie Garvin. What are your memories real quick? What might we talk about if we cover Starcade 87?
2: My memory, has have to center on, Conrad, uh, the matches that Flair and Ronnie Garvin had. Uh, not only that night, but entire that entire year, Flair dropped the strap to him, if we'll recall, in Detroit earlier in the year. And this was Flair's chance to get the strap back, of course, which he did. I thought Flair and Garvin had one of the best runs Flair's ever had. We talk so much about great runs that Ric Flair had in his career. Ricky Steamboat comes to mind, obviously, uh, because of all the hype. Hulk Hogan comes to mind. But to me, some of the matches against Ronnie Garvin were sensational. They were high impact, uh, not pulling any punches type matches. Uh, so I'm looking forward to reliving that match again. So as a reminder, this is
0: the first time ever that Jim Crockett would be on pay-per-view that you could reach at home. And, uh, now that they're in the pay-per-view game, Vince McMahon decides to create the survivor series. So Crockett after this power play has to move the start time up. And we're going to do that for you as well you'll be able to catch this show Starcade 87 Thanksgiving night, your Thanksgiving tradition at five o'clock Eastern time. So enjoy your Turkey day with your family and then throw on the WWE network press mute for Starcade 87 and let Tony and I take you back to the good old days. And of course, back then, if you ordered early the show was only 1495, but how much will our broadcast be this Thanksgiving,
2: Tony? It'll be a big zero goose egg, turkey egg, if you will on the Thanksgiving. And you know, when I think about Starcade eighty-seven, you mentioned about uh, uh Jim Crockett promotions having to push Starcade that year earlier. I think about the well documented sabotage of Starcade that Dave Meltzer wrote about. Uh and this uh this was one of the big shots in the wrestling war and may have been the big shot that crippled Jim Crockett promotions.
0: Lots Beginning to talk to. about on this show and I'm looking forward yep. to covering it with you. Uh, so spend Thanksgiving afternoon with Tony and I, uh, and if you listen to the other show, uh, we're going to be doing survivor series that night. So those shows will air at the exact time they did 30 years ago. So Starcade 87 tune in, set your calendars, spend the holiday with us. Tony, I'm ready to get fired down on clash
2: of the champions 29. Are you ready? Can't wait, Conrad. Uh, and going back and watching it earlier in the week. I realized, hell, it's another show in Jacksonville. Do we do we work anywhere else? <laughs> How many shows are we going to call from Jacksonville? Uh, it feels like the home
0: away from home for WCW. And as a reminder, Clash of the Champions twenty nine is what won the poll. That's what we're going to cover. We encourage you to pull it up on the WWE Network in just a moment. We're going to tell you to press play. You're going to be able to watch along with us. Tony and I will have it muted on our end, and you should do the same on your end and uh, we'll catch you up on all the news and of course call the silly action that's going on and we're ready to do that right now on a count of three tony are you ready
3: hey hey conrad before we get started we have a brand new sponsor we want to tell the folks at home about And you guys at home wanna hear this, because WrestleMania is coming to New Orleans in 2018, and WrestleMania weekend's biggest party is coming to Bourbon Street on Friday, April 6th. Don't miss an all-inclusive all-night party hosted by Kevin Nash and over 20 other wrestling stars. Enjoy unlimited drinks all night long at the Bourbon Cowboy on Bourbon Street. Through Black Friday, you can purchase tickets for 20% off at PWRshow.com. This is going to be a great time and is the one and only wrestling event taking place on Bourbon Street WrestleMania weekend. You can even go VIP and get access to the balcony where you can throw beads and also get a private meet and greet with Diesel himself, Big Daddy Cool, the legend, Kevin Nash. If you buy your tickets this week to the event that's going to complete your WrestleMania weekend, use what happened when monday's special code slapdick that's s l a p d i c k all caps to get an additional 5% off this event will sell out and it has the last 6 years so get your tickets now and party with Kevin Nash and others and you never know who will show up Comedian Fluffy has been in the last three. Tickets, of course, are limited. So hurry and get yours today for a WrestleMania weekend party on Bourbon Street with Kevin Nash and over 20 other wrestling stars. Purchase tickets now at PWRshow.com. That's P-W-R-S-H-O-W.com. You'll have plenty of time to get there after the Hall of Fame. And the bar doesn't close, so you know the party can go on all night. Get your tickets today at PWRshow.com. That's PWRshow.com. For 20% off before Black Friday and an extra 5% by using our temporary code SLAPDIC, all caps, for the WrestleMania weekend party of the year. Get tickets at pwrshow.com. Now, let's get the show started, guys. Ready to go. All right. One, two, three,
0: and we're off. Let's go. uh, The ass of of Avalanche. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. What a weird time in WCW, right?
2: It was a weird time in WCW, and it was pretty apparent here that by this angle that uh, Hulk Hogan was really kind of calling the shots here, don't you think?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. This was definitely the Hulk Hogan show at this point, and I guess rightfully so. I mean, he had made a big difference to business, but I've got all kinds of notes that we can break down here, but I guess we should watch some of this package here and see that they're really trying to relive... The earthquake Hulk Hogan angle that did pretty good business for the world wrestling federation back in 1990, but four years later, here we go. And there's Dave Sullivan. Uh, That's not a name I expected us to be talking about here on the
2: show, but here we are. Evad is what we call him. Evad Sullivan and the clash of the champions is coming to you from Jacksonville, Florida and the war Memorial Coliseum. Yes. Another $10,000 night of pyro Conrad. And let's go to a very clean shaven, Tony Schiavone, along with his good friend, Bobby, the brain Heenan. as soon as we get the crowd shot, one thing I noticed about the show and watching the show early was genuine, genuine crowd response, exciting crowd response, not the campy crowd response you get now on a WWE show. It's worth mentioning here that
0: this is during a, a hell of a tropical storm, or maybe even a hurricane was brewing, right?
2: Tropical storm Gordon was brewing, uh, back then. And, uh, that's, uh, one of the things that Heenan talked about here in the open and earthquake talked about another natural disaster like me, uh, being in the Florida area. So yeah, it was, but it was still a very good crowd. And you'll see as we go along here, how pumped the crowd was for a lot of these matches. I don't know what this, uh, I don't know if you have the thumbs up or the thumbs down on the show in front of you or not, but. It's, it wasn't a bad show. Uh, it got 7.4% thumbs up, 87.4%
0: thumbs down, 5.3% thumbs in the middle. There's 4,000 fans there. They had to scoot them all to one side of the building. Only 3,200 of those paid. The gate was $38,000, but a lot of this was due to the weather. And some of it was, you know, WCW
2: roll tide. Yeah. WCW. And not only that, the thumbs down are because of Hogan's in the main event. But now you take a look at our graphics, pretty wonderful against star as stripes and the honky tonk man is going to make an appearance. And there you go. Johnny B bad's on our card again. Also on the card tonight, we are going to give you the angle before it happens on this one, Harlem heat against the nasty boys and a match that really stole the show. Once we get into it, you'll find out why big van Vader against the natural Dustin Rhodes. Hell, shitty match coming up. Hexaw, Jim Duggan against Stunning Steve Austin. That's all in the Clash of the Champions. Then, of course, we got the big main event. All right. But before we go anywhere, Conrad, it's time to go to Mean Gene Okerlund. Thank you very much, Tony Schiavone. Don't forget, as we go along here, back to my left is the Wrestling Hotline, 1 900 909 9900. It's only now $24 a minute. Kids, get your parents' permission. And I've got some inside information. That will absolutely grow hair on your testicles right now. Speaking of testicles, let's go in the back and there's Chris Cruz, Mike today. And there's the butcher pretending to do an interview and Mike today pretending that he's listening. I don't know what Chris Cruz has around his neck, but it certainly looks like something that was stolen from an, I don't know, a Chippewa dancer. Nevertheless, let's go to mean Gene O'Klin and my guest at this time, the purveyor, if you will of the jump rope Academy and WCW <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, along with the baddest ass in the world, Carol, Robert Parker.
0: Tony, what tickles me about watching Ming in this presentation, especially with who he's with is he's dressed like secret service, but what's he protecting? Is this like just secret <laughs> hog protection? I mean, what are we doing here?
2: I don't know. He's, you know, he's dressed he, like
0: he, Jathan Statham in the, in the transporter. He's just transporting hog meat. <laughs>
2: I've got a contract right here, Mean Gene, that says after this match, Tony Schiavone is going to grab one end of a jump rope. And Tom Zink is going to see how many jumps he can jump over before the jump rope hardens up. So that's what we got in this contract here. Now, this contract is signed by Eric Bischoff. As you know right now, is running this company, so I can do anything I want to with my hog. Now, hang on a second. <laughs> Let me say that Tony Schiavone... Is a good jump rope holder. I've been told and Tom Zink can really hop up and down on the jump. Wait a minute, Colonel Parker. You're trying to tell me, yes, I'm trying to tell you that we got Tony Schiavone holding one end of the jump rope and Tom Zink, one of the prettiest men ever at WCW going to jump up and down, going to jump <laughs> up and down on that jump rope. Oh yes, God. he is. I want to tell you that we're going to see if he can do 30 to 40 jumps, 30 to 40 jumps All right. Colonel Robert Parker. Is that a jump rope in your pocket? Or are you just glad to see me? Thank you very much. It's time to go to the ring. And here is Gary, Michael Capetta. Uh, it, it sounded, I think something like that. I'm not sure.
0: You know, what's great, Tony is he actually comes out and stumbles over the names of who the combatants might be. Yeah. In stars this right. And he also uh, says that this contract is the biggest contract in the history of professional wrestling, because Whoever wins these tag belts tonight has to defend them on WCW Saturday night against bunkhouse, Buck and Arn Anderson. So wow, who, who how knew that? that that is the biggest contract of all. If it's stars yeah. and stripes in there with Arn Anderson and bunkhouse, Buck, I mean, that's the biggest match in, in wrestling history, right?
2: Well, he was stealing shit from me at that time and I didn't even know it. Uh, although I'd like to say here that, uh, and after watching this, uh, boy, Marcus Alexander Bagwell is going to do some great things in this one. You think we messed up with him? You know, that's hard to say. Um,
0: I feel like in the end, he probably messed himself up. I mean, he certainly had an upside, but I yeah. think most people would agree that his attitude and some of the backstage shenanigans that we've heard about probably hurt him, but I wasn't there.
2: What say you? Yeah, you're right. They did. A lot of those did. But, uh, again, without trying to come across as, uh, as loving Marcus Bagwell, he was good looking young man. He could do a lot of things. Uh, it's just, it's just a shame. Uh, and, uh, speaking of good-looking Paul Roma and Mr. Wonderful Paul Lorndorf, one of the great performers ever. I've, you know, I've always Paul,
0: wanted to talk to you about Paul Roma for real, because I've always felt like Paul Roma gets a little bit of a bad rap. And, and I wonder if Paul Roma was never in the horseman, would people hate him as much as they do? It feels like a lot of the hate he gets is really centered around being a horseman and people thought he quote unquote, didn't deserve it.
2: Yeah. That was probably a rush job to put him in there. Uh, I thought Paul Roma, I remember Paul Roma from the WWE being a very good performer. And we're going to see some good things in this match that he does. He's got a smile on his face. You know why he's got a smile on his face right there? Because he knows they're going over. (laughs) No, they're not going over, are
0: they? They're not going over, but we're giving spoilers left and right now. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we should mention here that Paul Orndorff, uh, is working here with a blown out knee and he didn't work house shows leading up to this. He was instead replaced by a little performer known as Jean-Paul Levesque. Um, wow. he, he went on to have a little decent career for himself, didn't
2: he? Yeah. Probably a better career. than all those guys in the ring combined.
0: Uh, he's, uh, expected to work the class here, but then have knee surgery and be out for a while. He wound up not actually having the surgery right then because that's just not what Orndorff did back
2: then. Yeah, that's old school stuff. That's, uh, that's back in the day where if you didn't perform, you wouldn't get paid. So you learn to work around injuries. Uh, and so Paul Orndorff was very old school about that. All right. The Patriot and Marcus Bagwell stars and stripes. This is a match versus or a belt versus mask match. And of course, if Stars and stripes loses, Dell Wilkes will have to take the mask off. And we'll all find out as Dell Wilkes, but the, the fan reaction was very good this night.
0: You know, what's amazing and is I, I knew we were going to poke fun at stars and stripes, but this, this redneck crowd here in Jacksonville, they're really into it.
2: Oh yeah. Listen, you can't get more, any more redneck than North Florida. You
0: can't. Yeah. Cause it's not even like, like there's like a Miami and then there's like a Tampa. Right. And then there's,
2: yeah. Then there's like the Jacksonville area. Right. Right. Uh, James Gregory, the comedian once said that Florida is the opposite of the South. The more North you go, the more redneck you get.
0: You know what? That is a great analogy. I like that. And by the way, I'm I'm really mostly trolling. Uh, I've got half a dozen very good friends who live in Jacksonville and they listen every week. So this is my attempt to bury them. I actually like Jacksonville (laughs) and would live there, but, uh, for the purposes of my story, I mean, it's just a bunch of rednecks and I live in Alabama. So I know a thing or two (laughs) about
2: that. Absolutely. and Paul Orndorff doing a great job of getting on one fan here. Getting the fan out. This, uh, this excites me. Look at this guy. Take a look at those teeth, man. That's North Florida right there. what that is. Woo. And I like ripping on North Florida here too. Also, we were talking about during the course of this to go back in time for you, uh, fans that live in Jacksonville. This was during the time when the old Gator bowl was being restored, renovated for the Jacksonville Jaguars playing in the NFL. So that's the timeline we're on right here. So you see how time has gone.
0: It's an interesting time in WCW because if you were reading the dirt sheets, you already knew who worked this because you had already taped Saturday night. So this match with Arn Anderson and bunkhouse buck where they got their title shot had already happened, but the Patriot and Bagwell hadn't won the belt yet.
2: Oh yeah. That was the old, that was the old thing. And that was the problems that we had taping things ahead. Of course, the commentary will be put in later, but now we see Paul Nordorts and, um, uh, Paul Roma going at it. And you know what? Not a bad tag team, uh, a tag team that a good heel tag team of being world tag team champions here. I thought, and Roma's going to do some spectacular stuff here.
0: I've stuff always that thought di- Roma was an underrated tag guy. I liked him with Hercules Hernandez, his power and glory. I like him here with Paul Ornorf. I think he's a fine tag wrestler, but people just dump on him because of the horseman deal.
2: Yeah, they do. And that, that's unfortunate. We're seeing now that's some great agility right there. Once again, great crossbody, great teamwork, really, uh, by both these men and Bagwell comes with a great clothesline. Look at that. Bagwell doing some, look at that drop kick. That is some, that's some tremendous, tremendous tag team work. And the fans are buying every bit of it.
0: Yeah. They're, they're, they're popping for it
2: big. Yeah. And the reason they're popping for it big is because the heels are doing a great job of being heels. If your heels are great heels back in the day, fans really get behind the baby faces and that's exactly what's going on here. It's worth mentioning that the bruise brothers, um, actually
0: walked out on WCW because they refused to put over stars and stripes on a Saturday night
2: taping. What's your favorite bruise brothers match? Probably the one where they walked out, uh, never to be heard from again. Right. Or did they ever surface?
0: Oh yeah. They popped back up again. You know, it's, uh, they did. Yeah. They were in the WWF and I think they were back with you guys. I know they, I guess they own TNA for a hiccup or a weekend or so. Okay.
2: All right. All right. Well, so I didn't even remember the bruise brothers. If you'll recall from an earlier episode. We shouldn't mention that, uh,
0: your partner here, Bobby Heenan is putting over Dale Wilkes pretty big saying that he served in the Gulf war. And the reason he can't show his face is because he has radiation scars.
2: <laughs> Heenan was actually very good in this show He was very, very good And of course, this was kind of early Bobby Heenan too Before WCW wore him down If you know what I mean
0: We should mention that this goes down on November 16th, 1994 uh, And I found it kind of interesting that this was a Wednesday Do you remember why this was a Wednesday? Because Clash wasn't always on a Wednesday
2: Well, no, Clash was, was on whenever TBS needed it to be on That was the reason we were at the mercy of Turner broadcasting, what they wanted in their schedule or what they needed.
0: I guess we should, we should mention here. It's as good a time as any that we're about three weeks past Halloween havoc, 94 industry experts were predicting a one and a half buy rate and WCW internally was hoping for a 2.0 and they pulled out all the stops with Flair and Hogan, which set records the prior July bash at the beach. But this time it's in a cage with Mr. T invited and Ric Flair has to retire if he loses. And Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake is going to turn on Hogan. It's a shit show of massive proportions. Uh, and, and the thing only does a 0.95 buy rate, which is about 220,000 buys. So WCW grosses 2.45 million of which they have to give 600,000 to Hulk Hogan. So they try to pop a number fail. And now one of their top stars has been sacrificed and is off the roster for now because officially Ric Flair is retired. Tony, what the hell's going on? How does that happen? It feels like it clears out the top of your card and this is the reason Hogan has to work silly shit.
2: Well, I, I, how it happens is that we're just not as hot as we think we should be right now or can be right now. And that's why Hulk Hogan was offered so much, uh, you know, Hogan was offered a lot of money and at the beginning, you know, uh, the numbers didn't translate. Look at, look at the power of, of Roma here. This is this is some pretty raw power. I mean, you know, guys help each other up when they do hip tosses or, or things like that. But when you have to deadlift a guy many times, yeah, a big get, boy too. That. That's not a little guy. Yeah, absolutely. Dell Wilkes, big guy. And now the heels again, doing a good job of being heels and Bagwell comes in and makes the save. Haven't seen, uh, Roma. I haven't seen Orndorff in quite a while. Uh, I heard Paul has lost a a tremendous amount of weight. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him on the, on the circuit or not signing autographs or anything, but look at this right hand. These two teams work very well together.
0: Who do you reckon uh, would have been a bigger favorite with, um, Klondike bill, Paul Roma or buff Bagwell?
2: Oh, buff Bagwell. Young. <laughs> viral, viral. <laughs> uh, oh just go going back to the attack once again is Buff uh, Yeah, and you know they all the, all these guys knew Klondike very well. Everybody knew him. He's was quite the uh, quite the star. Look at this, right there. Tell Dale Woods trying to go over hit the referee, knocked a cameraman his camera over, and they spill on the outside and Orndorff. Boy, Orndorff was a tremendous performer. Oh, and he's laying them in there too, guys, but you got to, right? I think you really got to.
0: I think Orndorff is like the, uh, the unsung hero of WrestleMania, you know, the original WrestleMania. I think Piper gets all the shine and Orndorff doesn't get enough
3: credit.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Paul Orndorff was also a trainer at the power plant. So he helped develop a lot of the, uh, a lot of the younger, younger wrestlers and, I'm sure Goldberg was involved in that as well. One of your favorites, I know. So
0: let's talk a little bit about WCW's business because even though they had this debacle of a pay per view, it's still doing very well, especially compared to the prior year. The average attendance in October of 93 was 600. The average attendance in October of 94 is 2400. The average gate back in October of 93 was 5280. That's right, Here, a year later, it's thirty-two thousand bucks. The October '93 Halloween Havoc pay-per-view only had three thousand tickets paid for a thirty-thousand-dollar gate, and they made one point one seven off of a point five buy rate. Of course, Halloween Havoc here this year had eight thousand five hundred ninety-five paid for a hundred and eighty-nine thousand-dollar gate and a point nine seven buy rate for two and a half million. So all the metrics are way up except. For television, television is roughly flat. It's still the same. It went from a 2.0 to a 2.1. How's that possible, Tony, where ratings kind of stay the same, but all the money goes up?
2: <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. But I think, you know, we, you were talking about earlier about the buy rate for Halloween Havoc not being what we had wanted. But if you take a look, business is on the upswing. So maybe the signing of Hogan, even though we had to pay a lot for it, was worth the money. And at least that maybe that's what Eric is looking at the numbers right now and thinking that. But as far as TV ratings are concerned, I, I can't answer that. I, I I don't know why they are.
0: Well, of course we're we're prior to the Bundy Night Wars here. Nitro doesn't even sure exist yet, so it's not as big of a deal. We should mention Hogan's last day under contract is going to be December twenty eighth, nineteen ninety four. So they have a pay per view plan at least through Starcade. But in the meantime. Meltzer suggesting that Hogan is effectively negotiating for full control of the company because he wants creative control for not only him, but John Tenta and Leslie Jim Duggan and the hockey Tonk man. Uh, so Hogan actually joins the booking committee with Ric Flair, Jimmy Hart, Eric Bischoff, Kevin Sullivan, and Mike Graham. Uh, and at this point it feels like WCW has bet really big on Hogan. So they've got to try to sign him because after they've spent all this time, effort, and energy promoting him to the mainstream, If he just leaves and goes back to the WWF, it really deflates the company. Does it not Tony?
2: Oh yeah. It it deflates everything we are working for. And, and and I remember going to Hogan's house in Tampa and sitting down with him and and Eric Bischoff and, and, uh, Kevin Sullivan. And, uh, I believe Jimmy Hart was there and Mike Graham was there for a time, uh, and and talking things over. And I always thought Hogan was pretty, uh, willing to do, there was the, the, the thought that he was just protecting his friends and that's all he was doing but i never did never look at this great teamwork here never did and there's a, a kind of a innovative finish here and we're going to show it on replay paul orndorff thinks he's won but the hand of stars and stripes are raised and it's because bagwell gets his shoulder up before the three count and orndorff has his shoulders down So, uh, you know, we had a lot of shit booking going on back then. I thought this was a pretty creative, innovative finish who came up with it. I don't know, but I thought it was pretty good. And the fans got into it as well.
0: Tim Whitehead of Johnson city, Tennessee did the report for the observer this week. He says they went nine minutes and 20 seconds. He called it a solid opener with good heat and he gave it
2: two and a quarter stars. Wow. Two and a quarter stars. I would give it nine quarter stars, Tim. Uh, and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> and nine quarter stars comes out to two and a quarter stars. Okay. Yeah, you so he, here's, here's the finish. Uh here's the one, two, and then Bagwell shoulder comes up and Paul's shoulder stays down. Thought it was a good finish. Very good finish. Anyway, back to the story. I thought Hulk Hogan did a good job of listening to everybody in the one time that I was there, a couple of times that I was there and agreeing with things and being, in being, being able to work with the committee, uh, and I thought it was a little bit more. Oh boy. Yeah. When we come back, the world television title, the honky talk man against Genevieve bad. But right now, brother, it's time for the Hulk Hogan hotline. That's right. The biggest pythons in the world and the biggest thermos in the world. It's one nine, 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 eight, <laughs> seven, seven. Go fuck yourself. That's right. I'm taking all the money for the big pythons. That's right. Brother one, nine hundred nine Oh nine. Hawk. That's Phone no number is no longer active dollar 49 per minute. Who called this shit? Did you call the Hulk Hogan online? Fuck no. Who did? I mean, that's sure.
0: A, what's great is it's the worst pitch ever. I encourage people, even though you muted us, you got to go back and see that's on its own. He says something like, I have eight incredible options, incl- <laughs> including uh, Hulk trivia and one of my incredible messages. It's like, what the fuck are we doing here? I mean, <laughs> we're trying to milk you for
2: every cent you got is this, what we're trying to do.
0: This honky talk man music is a, is a direct ripoff of course of what he did with the WWF. And, um,
2: well, it's a Jimmy
0: Hart, uh, production. Is sure. It is. Sure. Absolutely. And, and he's, he's got the gimmick with him, which of course he was able to prove he used before in Canada before he came down, uh, to work with Vince and the honky talk man, obviously, you know, he's a little past his prime here, but when he was white, hot, I mean, he, he had like super, super heat
2: in the eighties in the WWF. Did he not? Tremendous gimmick. Absolutely. Tremendous gimmick. I loved him. I remember, and I know I've probably mentioned this story before. Uh, I was, uh, editing Coliseum videos back in the eighties for, or an 89 for Vince McMahon. And I had this girl who was our production assistant and she hated the honky tonk man. And she hated the honky tonk man because he was so good at getting heat. I said, then he's doing his job. If you hate him. Uh, I, I, I loved everything about him I, and I loved the gimmick. I really did. And Elvis impersonator, uh, Wayne was a very good worker as well.
0: How was he to deal with, you know, we wrestling fans who have watched all the shoot interviews and such, he comes off with a really sharp wit and a sharp tongue. And it was like, he didn't
2: put up with a lot of shit. Yeah. he didn't put up with any shit at all. I need you very to describe outspoken this guy. I need you to call this. <laughs> you need me to call this sprinklers are coming out, sprinklers, sparklers, <laughs> sparklers coming out of his hands, sprinklers coming out of the head of his dick. And yeah, I'm a bad man. Here I come once again, Johnny be Bad. I'm going to talk to the camera. Ooh, what's that over there? Maybe I can fuck her. Ooh, look over there. Maybe I can fuck her. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny be Bad in the honky tonk man, Elvis against little Richard. Ooh, Lordy. hypothetically, what was the difference in ring rats
0: here between honky-tonk man and Johnny B. Bad?
2: The difference in ring rats? Well, probably Johnny B. Bad. Well, I wouldn't think Johnny B. Bad back at that time needed any ring rats, would you? I mean, I would hope not. (laughs) I would hope not too. And the ring rats that the honky-tonk man would get would be back from the girls from uh, 1984.
0: I was going to say, if if honky had a hot ring rat, it's just because uh,
2: there was a heat wave in town. <laughs> but they're going. To, uh, there is a, especially a girl down in the front row to our right here. See her jumping up and down with the. Uh, oh,
0: she's fired up. She's ready
2: for. Yeah, it. Yeah, she is into this Johnny B. Bad she, stuff. She's
0: ready for the cannon blaster.
2: Oh, yes, sir. What would you call? Shoot what'd that you bl- call
0: the bad stick here?
2: Huh? What was the nickname for the the blaster? It was the uh, bad blaster.
0: The boys didn't have a nickname for it.
2: <laughs> uh, no, not that I know of. Oh, Lordy. We loving this. And uh, he may have put some dollar bills in there. Yeah, There's too. cash in That's
0: there. A- and this lady can't wait to show you.
2: Okay. How so, about that?
0: Look long before, uh, TNA was paying fans to sit in the crowd. You guys were, look at there.
2: <laughs> yeah, we just threw money at you. Yeah. The money we didn't throw at you. We certainly did burn. Oh boy. All right. So the honky tonk man and Johnny B bad for the television title.
0: I'd like to uh, remind everybody that Steve Austin used to hold that title. And so
2: did Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard,
0: Dusty and Rhodes.
2: And that's you shitting on Mark Merrill there, right? No, I was just pointing out the lineage okay. of the title. Why okay. would you say oh, that? Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Got you. All right. So the lineage is now, uh, Johnny B. Bad facing the greatest of all time. And, uh, again, honky talk man, just some, you know, if nothing else, those sideburns gets him heat, don't they? I mean, it's like, what the fuck?
0: I think you could wear that haircut in 2017 and get heat.
2: You know, I I actually have been told that I look pretty good in just about any hairstyle. People lie uh, to you, Tony. People lie to you. <laughs> just because they want to be my friend, I guess. But, but the honky-tonk man was such a great heel, and he looked the part. I mean, uh, jet black hair, long sideburns, the bouffant poof up on top. And, of course, he knew how, to work the crowd. Look at this. Looking around, talking to the crowd. A hold on. Johnny B. Bad has got as that white trash guy standing up in the front row there again. Sit down. Sit down. He's, there you go. Thank you. What do you, what
0: do you think he does for a living? This guy shouting in the front row?
2: Well, I would say he runs a doo-doo truck, but I don't want to get our, my, our friends mad at us that run the doo-doo truck.
0: Yeah. Doodoo trucking.com. Check out our boy, Jeff Chewett.
2: He'll, uh, he'll be over yeah. to, uh, clean your pipes for you. You're right. Sorry, Jeff. This guy may work for you in your Jacksonville office. I feel like
0: we should mention here, since we're talking about Florida, that just a couple of weeks prior to this on October 28th, you guys ran a show in Tampa, which was kind of a big deal. It was dusty Rhodes tagging with Dustin Rhodes. That's right. Dusty is back in the ring and he's back because this is Terry funk's last show with the promotion. So the main event is dusty and Dustin on one side, Terry funk and Arn Anderson on the other. The undercard has Kevin Sullivan, Jim Duggan, Steve Austin, Johnny B. Bad Honky talk, man, Paul Orndorff, Paul Roma, Vader, the nasty boys. And this is dusty
2: and funk returning to Tampa. You want to guess what you drew? Where do we run Tampa? I know we ran Tampa, but what building do we run? Was it the Bayfront center in St. Pete? I don't know. Okay. Uh, what do we draw? I don't know.
0: 600 people.
2: Oh my God. Are you serious?
0: Yes. A card with Steve Austin, Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes, Vader, all that and more 600.
2: Well, it it seemed like a pretty well booked card. We must. Oh, oh, I I got it. It rained that day, right?
0: They opened the new gas station.
2: The old new gas station rained that day. Promoter didn't do his job. Tickets didn't get sold on time. We didn't have a good TV clearance trying to think of all the other (laughs) excuses that we used to come up with back then.
0: Hey, I wanted to pick your brain about this because a couple of weeks prior to this, Jim Crockett actually runs his first TV taping. He's wanting to start back up now that his non-compete has expired and he selected the Dallas Sportatorium. He ran his first show on October 29th. Uh, but then on November 5th, he starts his first TV taping. When you heard about this, were you excited about it? What was the expectation? What were people in the company saying about Crockett maybe starting up
2: something? It was pretty much hush hush. I we didn't hear that much about it, and I, uh, again, I didn't think that, like I do today, that any startup company could really you know, uh, go off and get off the ground and 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 make a go of it. So they, there was really not much talk about it in the front office.
0: There was a plan to be syndicated in 10 markets and run a few nights a week circuit throughout Texas and Louisiana. They had shots in Shreveport and such. They had talent like junkyard dog, Tully Blanchard, Skandar Akbar, Rod Price, Black Bart, Michael Hayes, and Chris Adams signed. Of course, it never really shook out. I'm curious, given your long-term relationship with the Crockett family, did they ever reach out and have
2: any sort of contact with you about doing anything with them? No, they did not. And of course, let me say this, Conrad, there's always a plan. Everybody's got a plan. Say, well, we plan to do this and we plan to do that. We plan to do 10 markets. We plan to, have all the, plan to have all these TV clearances, but it never happens. But but no, no, they did not reach out to me at all. I guess maybe they were—they didn't want me out, my ass either, right?
0: Well, while we're working here, we should mention, because we've covered this in long form in the archives, but... Right before this show, not too terribly long before it airs, Randy Savage walks out on the WWF and he's negotiating with WCW at this point, is there some sort of hope that he's going to be able to help work with Hogan and get this thing to the next level? Or when you first hear that he's walked out and and he's negotiating with WCW, is that something that the office is excited about, but maybe not the boys or how was it received by both sides?
2: Well, I can't speak for the boys. At all. And and I know Hulk Hogan had a lot of heat. Uh, and I think that's very well documented. Uh, but I can just speak for the front office production wise. And for myself, we were pretty excited about the potential of Randy Savage being a member of WCW. You know, I think we need to uh, say something about this match. We're talking a lot about the business. Uh, not a bad match here. Uh, the fans are into it. And again, it's because got a good heel. Uh, and, uh, as you can see, pretty good reaction from a, just a high knee that time from Johnny B bad. Oh, a fucking ref bump. And you know what they say in the sheets about a ref bump, do, don't you? Screw a job finish coming up. Yeah. It. Yeah. They, 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 in the sheets, they always want clean finishes. Oh, and that's the disqualification, right? You mean we can't get a clean finish. What the fuck is wrong with us?
0: Did they put baby powder in that guitar? Do you think?
2: No, I don't think so. I think that's just dried balsa wood. Is what that is? Just say dried balsack wood. Balsa. Um B a l balsa b a l Isn't that it? Balsa wood.
0: Yeah, no, you nailed it. I'm just being an asshole. Okay,
2: thank you. Okay, balsack wood. Got you.
0: Where do you? Uh, <laughs> where? uh <laughs> What do you think Hawkeye got his guitars here? I don't know. Uh, the answer is working
2: it, guitars are us. Working guitars are us. Muscle Shoals, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> How does that sound? So Johnny B. Bad comes away with the win. He gets hit in the head by the honky talk man. Let's take a look at the replay once again. Conrad Thompson. Oh, the referee bump. Johnny B. Bad took almost this bad a bump as a referee. And now the ball sack wood is coming out. <laughs> kablooey i'll do the thinning around here baba Louie. S- oh
0: six minutes wow. and 14 seconds um a quarter star from okay
2: mr whitehead and the observer All right. quarter star i think he should have given him a half a star here at least i would have given him a half a star
0: We should mention this show drew a 3.6 rating. So 2.22 million homes were here. Uh, by comparison a year prior, it was a 3.3 rating, but it was the first Flair Vader match. So a stronger main event, even without Hogan.
2: All right. It's time once again to go backstage. Your backstage pass is now available. That's right. It's the hotline press option two. And you can hear the honky tonk man talk to Mike today, and he's agreeing with the honky tonk man. Chris Cruz, again, looking as clueless as he can look. And there you see him. And you can be a part of this for only a buck 49 a minute. That's a buck 49 a minute. And for the first minute, that is 99 cents each additional minute. But that's not the exciting thing about this segment. The exciting thing about this segment is, is we're going to go, I understand, backstage to where we're going to hear from the faces of fear. This should be exciting. Conrad Thompson, I got to say one thing. I'm tired of you calling me Brutus the fucking Barber cake. You understand me? Look behind me to my left. Does that look like what you're going to look like at age 55? Huh? Is that it? Once you lose your hair? Absolutely, Conrad Thompson. Let me tell you this. Before this is over, I'm going to cut your hair. I'm going to find you in Huntsville, Alabama and cut your hair is what I'm going to do. But now enough of my fucking talking, because I'm not making any fucking sense and I never <laughs> do. Let's hear from the man on my left, the biggest guy in the room. My God at 500 pounds. Let's hear from what's he? what's he is, he, is he the shark here earthquake avalanche. or avalanche? avalanche avalanche avalanche. Okay. And I don't know about you, but uh, Conrad, but every time avalanche talked, I never understood a word he said. Lots of screaming and spitting. A lot of screaming and spitting. So, uh God, you, you know something's fucked when Bruce the Barber Beefcake is taking this much time to do a promo. So what do you think, Avalanche? <laughs> uh, fuck it. Wendy's! Chick-fil-A! Let me tell you something, Conrad Thompson and you, Tony Schiavone, you think you've got the number one podcast on MLW radio? Fuck it. I've got the number one podcast. Me and MSL. That's right. Mean, shitty leader. That's what those three letters stand for the mean shitty leader of MLW radio (laughs) and the best podcast, because every time they come to me, as you can tell, I'm drunk on my ass, but I still do the podcast. Shivani may think he's funny. Shivani may say fuck more than anybody else. But me, when I do my podcast with MSL, the mean and shitty leader of MLW radio, (laughs) I'm drunk. So if you want Kevin Sullivan drunk, If you want to hear me talk about the Red Sox, and I know they suck, tune in to my podcast. Right now, I'm so drunk, I can't even remember the name of it. But it's on MLW Radio (laughs) as well. Look in my eyes. Look in my eyes. And...
0: (laughs) Oh, God, you kept it going longer than I thought you would.
2: (laughs) I ran out of steam there, man. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to live up to some shit here. I don't know if I can do it or not every week.
0: Well, in fairness, when we recorded Halloween Havoc 95, it's like one 30 in the morning (laughs) on a weeknight.
2: Yeah. And they said, were you drunk? And we said, no, but I was diet coked out or Coke zeroed out. I can tell you that. And, And here is classic WCW. It really is. Get ready. Get ready to give away the finish. Three, two, one, and there it is. Harlem Heat was sent you a Sherry. Get rid of the Chiron! Get rid of the Chiron! You can hear him screaming in the background. Oh God! How about that?
0: What's great is we see, you know, Harlem (laughs) Heat on the phone here, the old school flip phone, and they're uh, of course we're going to find out later they're finishing their deal with Sherry, right? As they walk to the ring, because this is very much a who is Sherry going to manage and. This maybe has been overlooked a little bit, but Sherry actually worked as Steve Austin's manager at a television taping. And the thought was going to be, they were going to turn in him into like a Ric Flair style character with Sherry as the manager that didn't work out of course. And instead they call an audible and they say, they're going to put them, put her with the Harlem heat here instead. But there is a little bit of a tease issue with the nasty boys issue with the Harlem heat. And I found it hilarious on commentary here that you felt the need to explain the way brothers work. Do you remember this? Uh, no, I did not. He said something like, now these are real life brothers, like the Briscoes and the Anderson's. Uh. I don't know why (laughs) I felt like maybe you were trying to say, not like black guys call each other brother or Hulk Hogan says brother. (laughs) No, no. Like real brothers, like the Briscoe brothers.
2: (laughs) Okay. Uh, wow.
0: (laughs) <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Meaning they that have the weird. same mom. I, brain, they have the same mother and father. They're they're real brothers, like the Briscoe brothers, brother.
2: Right. Because Suckers got us to know, right? They do. <laughs> suckers do have to know.
0: Oh, good God. These guys are gonna go about ten and a half minutes and um they're gonna get one star in the observer. I, I know it's not popular, but I've always thought the nasty boys were underrated. It feels like they're universally panned. But we covered their Halloween Havoc match against the Steiners, and that's still a guilty pleasure of mine, man. That thing's fun. When they beat the shit out of Cactus Jack on that one pay-per-view, that was awesome. They're, right. they're entertaining you know, for what they are.
2: Not only that, they take better bumps than people give them credit for. And we're going to see some examples here taking pretty good bumps. We're also going to see some examples here of why Booker, Booker T became really one of the top uh, single stars uh, in WCW. Because he was so athletic and so great. <laughs> There's Stevie Ray getting on the same guy up front, man. That guy in the front row must think he's a big star by now. Cause everybody's been talking to him. Honky tonk, man, Paul Orndorff. And now suckers got to know Stevie Ray. He,
0: uh, he's over at the Jiffy Lube. Let me just tell you, is he really? when he's changing air filters tomorrow, that dude in the yeah. front row is going to tell everybody all about it. I don't know <laughs> what you
4: did on Wednesday night, but let me tell you what I did. I got all up in that Stevie Ray's face. That sucker's got to know. And he I got kept flaps on me. my shoulders. I ain't an admiral, but I'm gonna flop in and whoop his ass.
2: <laughs> all right. Uh, again, uh, I, I I may have mentioned this on on an earlier uh, broadcast, uh, but I I saw Brian Knobs in Philadelphia recently. Uh, he's lost a lot of weight. He stopped drinking. Uh, he actually looks very odd because I remember Brian being so large and so big, but. It's it, it, and I saw he and Jerry both. And it just seems to me that uh, his life's going in the right direction. I always had a lot of time for Brian. He was always a crazy guy. Well, look at this great bump by, by Booker T. And this match has got one star, and the fans are getting into it like this. Well, it may get, end up being one star, but I tell you, I miss. I think Stevie Ray fell down too soon, uh, but I tell you, it's starting out quite well. But anyway, it's good to see Brian knobs, uh, you know, getting off, uh, of alcohol, like he said, and, uh, and getting his life straight.
0: I guess we should talk Always. about the, uh, the booking change here. This feels like a good time. Greg Gagne okay. and, Bill, and Bill Dundee were recently let go here. In your opinion, was Greg let go because of an issue with Hogan, something to do with that discrimination and breach of contract lawsuit with Charlie Norris, or what was the deal?
2: No, I think uh, he was let go because that he and Eric did not see eye to eye. As a matter of fact, something happened, and it doesn't have to do with the Charlie Norris breach of contract, but uh, Greg Gagne, if memory serves me well, and I know I'm right, Greg Gagne was trying to do things on his own, was Uh, trying to start his own book. His own promotion, you mean? His own promotion while being under the contract, For WCW, which to me is like incredibly stupid.
0: Well, it's worth mentioning that Greg was named in a lawsuit filed on November 7th, so about a week prior to this. And the lawsuit's filed in Minneapolis. And of course, old Charlie Norris wants all kinds of money here, including punitive damages. He's a 31 year old guy who worked underneath and even on a pay per view that we've covered here on the show before. He's of Indian heritage and feels demeaned when they've asked him to do screams and dances and tomahawk chops and war hoops. And eventually he reluctantly agrees, but then is fired for having a bad attitude, being lazy and uncooperative. So he's offended that they've sent him to camp here. And now they have white guys trying to teach him how to quote unquote, dance like an Indian. And uh, it didn't help anything that Greg starts dancing around and calling him big chief and saying, we need you to do promos saying you're going on the war path. Uh, he sues saying, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Uh, he is was this, making, is- he was making $800 a week, but supposedly was promised a bump for 1500, but never got it even after appearing on the pay-per-view.
2: Wow. Did- well, that, that had nothing to do with Greg being fired. Uh, but w- again, what, what had to do? And, and, and I know Eric can even, I don't know if he's talked about this when he had a podcast, but yeah, Ganya was trying to, to go out and venture on his own while still drawing a paycheck from wcw and that was a problem there and of course Ganya knew eric very well from the days of minneapolis
0: you know talking about the charlie norris thing wouldn't that lawsuit set a bit of a precedent in wrestling because indian characters had been around for a long time and i guess you know any sort of ethnic character like this if you're enhancing a racial stereotype it feels like this would set a precedent would it not
2: yeah it would uh the difference is you know charlie norris couldn't work a fucking lick and guys like Wahoo, McDaniel and uh, Chief Jay Strongbow could.
0: Did I answer that correctly? Is it because they did a better tomahawk chop, you think?
2: Did a better war dance. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. Well, Turner had a reputation within the biz for being easy money, right? I mean, the idea is WCW would rather settle than go to court. So just and you'll get something, right?
2: Yeah, I did. I told you about that. I got $1,500. And it only took me uh, threatening a lawsuit and... They stayed out of it. And here we got some pretty good heat on the outside. I, uh, again, uh, we took a break in the middle of this middle of this and go back and I'll watch it. Uh, you know what I said during the break? What's that? I said, the tape machines are rolling. Don't worry. The tape machines are rolling. Uh, one of the lines that I use so many times. And of course there are no more tape machines anymore. As you know, that's not true. I'm rolling one right now. Oh, I'm talking about on TV. Isn't it all digital now? Yeah, of course. I'm yeah, digital now uh, yeah, right.
0: as well. Right. So, but I bet some of our listeners like to roll something while they watch us.
2: <laughs> I would imagine. So I, uh, again, fans are getting into this a little bit. Uh, Harlem meat doing a very good job of getting some heat boy, Stevie Ray doing some and Booker T doing some great moves. I, I just, I don't get why this match gets a one star. Now it's not a four or five star match. But, uh, the nasty boys get a bad rap,
0: man. You know, lots yeah. of smart fans just are not nasty boy guys.
2: Yeah. Look, look at the sell job that, that knobs is doing here. Not only that knobs moving himself over small thing, moving himself over great, you know, teammate. Cause it's all teamwork and I'm not talking about only with your partner. I'm talking about with the guys on the other side. It's great teamwork tag is made and here comes knobs. He completely missed that one, but as the nasty boys have been known to do. If you fuck up a move, just come away with the clothesline and that should take care of it. And there's probably another one coming up. No, it's a back elbow. Do
0: you remember the brief, buck? the brief manager for the Harlem heat here? The Johnny attitude character,
2: the Johnny attitude. I don't remember him at all. It was uh with Harlem heat for a hiccup. He was or the Johnny attitude was with Harlem heat. That's, that's Uh the, uh, that's the rumor and innuendo. Okay. Stevie Ray trying to make that phone call and the phone is broken and back to the ring. We go, how long was this match anyway? 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes and change. Okay. Well, it's kind of broken down here a little bit.
0: Well, eventually, of course, there's going to be a big reveal and you and, uh, Heenan
2: are going to pretend to be astonished. Ah, well, we were pretty good at that. So maybe I should try to be astonished here as well. When the reveal is that I don't know why she, Oh my God, it is sister. Sensational, scary, Sherry. Bless her heart. She was really a hell of a performer. Every time I see her, I think of the same thing gone too soon. Tragic loss girl out of control, but she could do a lot of things. How great would she have been
0: with the, with the NXT heads?
2: Yeah. As you can see, we completely have no idea what we're doing here. Camera wise, where to go, what to do. We missed the finish. We tried to stay on a wide shot. We missed the one, two, three. We were on her. She runs around in her heels and we don't know where to go. We have still, just stay wide, guys. I can hear them in the truck right now. Just stay fucking wide because I have no Okay, take this shot. Wow. So, the, yeah, the finish was kind of screwed up. And maybe that's why it was a one-star. But I thought it was some pretty good work rate heading up to that.
0: I got to tell you, I liked Sherry with Harlem Heat. I thought it worked. I do, too.
2: Sister Sherry. You got any good Sherry stories? No, none at all. I wish I did. I feel like Sherry, uh,
0: was a hell of a drinker. She knew how to do shots with the boys. Oh yeah.
2: And of course I think it was well documented. She had a drug problem and, uh, she was also, I, I, let me tell you this about Sherry. Heenan was scared to death of her. Really? Yeah. He always thought that she would do something that would be off script to hurt somebody. Because he always thought that she was kind of a, and I guess this is an old, uh, an old term, but a loose cannon in the ring and that if she was drugged up or if she was alcoholed up, that she would do something, uh, that wasn't good. So
0: it's worth mentioning that, um, the Fantastics had recently worked a television taping with Harlem heat. Do you remember why they didn't get a bigger shot here with the company at this point?
2: Uh, the only thing I can think of is that uh, they just didn't agree to a, a deal with uh, with Eric and the guys. I, I don't know why they wouldn't have gotten a bigger shot because we knew they could work, right? It's interesting
0: here as we see this graphic for Starcade that Starcade's on a Tuesday, but it couldn't have been on a Sunday because Christmas was on a Sunday. What's the rationale behind a Tuesday pay-per-view? That feels really odd now that we're kind of conditioned to them being on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I, I think the reason... Uh, They wanted it on Christmas week. They always thought the week between Christmas and New Year's was a good week for business. And they had a lot of had a lot of uh, matinee shows around the around the country during that time, thinking that most people were taking that week off. So they thought they would put it on that week sometime and they get with the cable companies and decide this is the best day to have it.
0: It's worth mentioning that at center stage at the end of October, Vader did a series of interviews talking about his Starcade main event with Hulk Hogan, which is the way Flair booked it. Then, of course, Hogan got involved, overruled it, and now Vader was no longer in the main event of Starcade. It was instead going to be Brutus the fucking barber fucking barbie- beefcake. Beefcake. So it should have been Vader and Hogan. It
2: was not. Hmm. Well, listen. Uh, I had a feeling Hogan was afraid of Vader. And I say that not because he's scared of him, but he was probably afraid that Vader would do something to hurt him. Vader was stiff. He worked strong style. Uh, about
0: 10 days prior to this in Springfield, Missouri, they were doing a house show and Vader's back went out just a few minutes into the match with the guardian angel, which is the name Ray trailer was working under here. WCW even called an ambulance for him. But uh, he wound up being okay and didn't even miss any shots. Do you remember Vader's back going out? Was that a common occurrence? This is the first time I remember reading
2: about that. No, he yeah, he had a bad back. And and we knew that. And the reason he had a bad back because of, of the size that he was and all the crazy things that he would do. And we're going to see some of them in this match here. You know, I, I think I may be wrong here and I, and I may be way out of line and, and fans will scoff at this, but I think when it's all said and done, Big Van Vader is going to be one of the better working big mans ever.
0: No, I don't think you're going out on a limb there. I think most people would have him on their short list.
2: Yeah. He just did some great stuff. I saw on Twitter when, and you may have this question already queued up for later on. I saw on Twitter, someone had asked why, because the, the mask looked so good when we first saw Vader years ago, remember that big mask. Okay. Why did we not have it later on? It's because he was tired of traveling with it. He was tired of carrying it around. And because he had to check it in and it was just, uh, and, he, and the, uh, this was the, uh, the compromise. So just wear your mask, uh, forget about your big hood. Uh, and I liked the hood too. It was, it was pretty cool, but he was just tired of traveling with it. And that's why we stopped. That's why he stopped. You know, we've
0: talked a little bit briefly about the really awful uh, WCW theme music that, that existed around this time. And, and we've talked about the, the
2: natural theme song here. Do you remember any of that off the top of your head? Yeah. Well, they call him the natural, natural, a natural as can be Well, they call him the natural, natural. That's about all I know. You got well, the lyrics in front of you? No,
0: I don't, but you may be able to throw it in your Google machine, but I found it funny because I got a call from a friend of ours this week and I was watching this with the sound and told him when I was watching and he was really particularly proud that he helped do Johnny B. Bad's theme music. Um, I don't know why anybody would want to take credit for that, but he was particularly proud.
2: <laughs> you know, we're talking over a, a pretty damn good match here.
0: And I loved the, the heat that Dustin was able to get here because Vader was really bullying, getting some really stiff shots in the camera Sweat was flying off and hitting the camera. I mean, those, those were loud audible spikes and then Dustin fires up, takes him down and just unloads in a way we had never
2: really seen Vader handled before. Absolutely. Uh, and Dustin was a, a five performer. Vader could take some incredible bumps as a big guy. This to me was, I don't know if by far is the right word, but yeah, let's say by far the best match on the card.
0: Uh, the observer would agree. They said easily the best match on the show. He gave it yep. three and a half stars and, uh, the readers, uh, in the reader poll agreed, they gave it best match of the night overwhelmingly.
2: Yeah. Two guys that can work. Vader did some great job, uh, a great job of bumping for Dustin selling his shots uh, and it was a good finish. Dustin had great timing like his father. Uh, do who you have tremendous that,
0: timing? Do you think that Vader gave Dustin so much out of respect to his dad?
2: No, just, I think Vader gave. I think Vader gave him so much because he knew it'd be a good match. I don't uh, respect.ed Dusty may have come into to play here, but you know, Leon was. Uh, Leon had a uh, had a good head on his shoulders as far as what worked and what didn't. I thought. I, I know that a lot of people didn't like Leon. He was uh, temperamental. He had quite a temper. But you know, look look at Lee, Look at this here. I mean, look at Dustin beating Leon down to the point where they got to pull Dustin off of big van vader that's great shit man
0: what's great to think about to me is that dustin is still performing at a high level you know with the number one company on tv regularly 23 years after what we're watching right now
2: yeah fans are really getting into it oh uh, look, look at that suplex of big van vader and so vader now and you know uh, again with the back problems, some of this may be shoots a shoot right here with his back problem, but he's going to get back right back in the ring. Now, I know I've mentioned this. I saw a Vader at, uh, WrestleCon, uh, last March, uh, and his health had been declining. I don't know how he is right now, but I had a chance to talk to him. Uh, uh again, uh, he was a polarizing figure in, in, uh, in wrestling, but, uh, I always had a tremendous amount of respect for him.
0: Ric Flair did as well. We should mention here that Rick is clearly in control of creative and, uh, he holds a meeting with all the wrestlers at Disney around the same time to say that Eric Bischoff is in charge of everything administratively. But if there's any problem with that, go to Eric. But if it has anything to do with the wrestling product, then if you have a question or a concern, you come to Ric Flair and, uh, he's maintaining that despite what you may have heard, he's happy. So he's not upset that he's not on TV at this point, which of course, he was sure. Uh, but Rick was a good soldier at the time, or at least that's what the report was. Uh, did you talk to Rick about the way he felt about this during this time when he loses a retirement match? He didn't really want to have.
2: Well, Rick, Rick gave me the company line too, that he was happy. Uh, but look, Rick was unhappy about being off TV. I knew that not only that, I, you know, Rick wasn't a good booker. Look at this. Oh, great, great false finish right there. Rick, and I say Rick was not a good booker because Rick didn't have his heart into it. He was a very creative guy. We all know that. You can't be a nature boy, Rick Flair, do the things that you have done in wrestling and be able to uh, work a match like he worked without being creative. But I, I think that he just didn't want the office life and the responsibility of the office life. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. You know him as well. No, he didn't as want to sit
0: still. He wants to be no, doing his thing. That's right. He doesn't want to have to worry about everybody else. He wants to worry about his stuff.
2: Exactly. He didn't want to sit still. And that was, and, and even the 30 for 30 that came out, even pretty much, you know, uh, talked about that as well, uh, that Ric Flair never did want to sit still, By and the way, to be I, the book, you would have to,
0: I've got to mention, you know, the big takeaway that everybody was talking about, at least on our channel from that 30 for 30 was when you said he was very erect.
2: I know. (laughs) And there was a couple of my friends said, isn't it great that the whole flare thing and the first time they talk about his penis, really they talk to you about his penis. I said, thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, I was, I was very honored to be a part of that. Whoa, look at this. Some great bumps here. Uh Uh-oh, pushing the referee down. Now you're thinking there's a false finish here, right? Sure. Because, but no, it's just really, So that Dustin will be thrown over the top. It could have been a disqualification.
0: What a move too! you know, that Dustin is not a little guy. And to just be thrown over the top like that down to the floor, that's at a time when guys weren't doing stuff like that.
2: No. And that's very dangerous going feet first, blow out a knee like that, break an ankle. And here's Harley race. Harley still looked pretty good here. You know, this is years after he wrestled. You still look very good here, I thought.
0: Do you think uh, Harley Race reminds you of the kid from Bad Santa? (laughs) I don't. I wonder if right now if he's asking Dustin Rhodes if he wants him to make him a sandwich. (laughs) Made some sandwiches, Dustin.
2: (laughs) Oh, look at this. Oh, man. See, that stuff stuff by Vader looked good because it was stiff.
0: Yeah, it looked good because it was fucking real. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of real around the same time, Cactus Jack and Sabu worked an indie show somewhere in Pennsylvania and Sabu cracked his ribs on a guardrail, but then broke a beer bottle over Cactus Jack's head, but it took seven tries to break the fucking bottle.
2: Does that surprise you at all? <laughs> no. Well, it took seven tries or they would keep going back at it. <laughs> Why
0: would you keep doing that? It's an indie show. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, all that. What do you think their payoff was that night? I
0: mean, listen, it was probably decent, I guess. But the point is, why wouldn't you do it with sugar glass? The goal is to not really hurt. It needs to look like it hurts.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Do the sugar glass. I don't get it.
0: We should mention around this time, there was talk of uh, Wayne Bloom and Mike Enos coming in with a baseball player gimmick. Did you ever hear about that? I did not, thank God. What about Steve Curd maybe coming in with a different type of uh, Skinner gimmick? A new name, but essentially the same deal, like a Gator deal. Yeah,
2: I heard, I heard about that, yeah.
0: And, of course, Steve Regal was tagging with Jean-Paul Levesque, uh, oh. doing some heel tags. What talent you had on the same team there, and, of course, he didn't know what to fucking
2: do with it. Yeah, I want to say something about Jean-Paul Levesque, and I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm used to Bruce doing it every Friday, do it every Monday. Come on, let's do it. Let's go. Let's book in my kiss ass with triple H. Here we go.
2: Okay. Uh, Dave Pinter, uh, as you probably know, before he became a ring announcer also, you know, was kind of like the agent for all of the, the bunch of guys. And he introduced me to John Paul Levesque at center stage. And I remember us sitting down there and talk, look at this move, sitting down and talking to John Paul Levesque thinking he is one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Oh my God. <laughs> so okay and, and he's, he's damn good looking too isn't he Tony I mean, yeah, tell he's everybody damn, how attractive good. he is he's damn good looking but he won't return my calls, so he can go fuck himself <laughs> so way hey. so we go. now now we're slugging it back and forth look at Vader rocking and Dustin with the elbows and the fans he missed that blow the fans are getting into it man alive and Randy Anderson doing a great job as a referee reacting to this stuff in the corner, this match is, and you and I are not giving it justice here talking about this stuff, but this match is tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. A couple of false finishes in the corner moments ago, dusting off the top.
0: That's almost like the cane clothesline that we see these days. He goes to the top yeah. and does the short clothesline off the top. Right.
2: Both back up, give Vade a lot of credit here. What's this move? Dustin going to try to bull, I guess, try to bulldog him off maybe or DDT off him off, off the top fans responding to it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'd see a move like that. Conrad. And I think somebody going to die sometime with moves like that and a very close one, two, three.
0: Bruce Breshert just told us that, uh, Vader was not the most hygienic dude. And he can be a little right. frothy.
2: Right. Yes, he was. Uh, uh, absolutely. And, uh, Andre the giant was like that too. Could be a little th- frothy. Uh, but, uh, here we're going to see the finish boy. I think they really cracked heads there. Oh man. Dustin taking a great bump and that should be the one, two, three.
0: That finishing move was a hell of a move. Yes, it was.
2: What would you call that? Uh, I would call it a pancake. So a reverse Vader bomb. I don't know
0: what talent you have in the ring right now. Dustin Rhodes, Vader, Harley race.
2: Yep. Absolutely. And Randy Anderson referee. Uh, absolutely. But now, all right. Did I just see a black cameraman? I didn't know you guys had a black cameraman. No, stop it. That was Al. Uh, Al is there. You see him on the right. Al now has been working ever since WCW went down working for NFL films. Oh, awesome. Good for him. Yeah. He's a great. Go. Al was one of the great guys, man. I loved Al and a great cameraman as well. I haven't seen him in years. And here, Oh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, buddy. Come on. Fans for You know, look, he wasn't a great, okay. He was not a great worker at all, but fans responded to him. They responded to that USA stuff, man.
0: Well, and he was fresh off WWF TV. These kids are yes, familiar that's right. with him. You know, he's been presented as a big star, so they're going to react to him like he's a big star.
2: And they all watched that Coliseum video that was produced of him and loved it. And that had a big deal. Had a, a, I mean, I know I did. Yeah. it had a big impact on his career as well. That actually go down to one of the better produced Coliseum videos of all time. I understand. You're welcome. Okay. So now, uh, Vader leaves. And we're going to take another break. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh boy, still to come. <laughs> oh. Oh, brother. <laughs> I have no idea what to say. But we know case. something
4: mean, Gene. We're talking all about pasta mania. Might even get to do butt stuff. Call and check out my thermos. I might put the thermos on the line, brother. It's the biggest Python of all. Get your parents' permission or who gives a fuck. Call us right now, dude. 1-900-909-9900. And I'm not done selling shit yet. Buy the fucking t-shirt. Ah. <laughs>
2: Oh, very good. All right. Oh, we get to do it again. Here we go. No. One of these things is not Not like like the the other. other. One (laughs) of these things does not belong. Can you tell us which thing is not like the other by the time Mean Gene finishes this song? Oh, what do you think this is? (laughs) Jesus. We know something,
4: dude. I got the thermos on display because I know Tony Schiavone is going to be here. And we're talking about all the t-shirts over at LoisRules.com, man. I've been hanging and banging with Lolo, trying to sell these t-shirts to pay for the fucking Shivani wedding. Tony Shivani didn't pull out of nothing in the 80s. That's right. He's got them five. Count them five. One, two, three, four, five kids, dude. This motherfucker got more carpet than anybody in the 80s, man. He was hanging and banging on Venice Beach. He was down in Chesapeake Bay. He was even in Chattanooga, because that's those little shit towns WCW ran, and he was laying the pipe, man. And now we got to pay for all these fucking kids to get married. So pick up a shirt, dude, at lowestrules.com, and Tony's going to call
2: you. Alright Hulk Hogan I do understand that But we want to talk to Sting Sting And my favorite shirt is Tommy Young That's right Tommy Young <laughs> Tommy Young's my favorite shirt I also like NFL What is it? TG. NFL. No fucks left CG. to give That's right. No fucks left to give right Hulk Because we have no fucks left to give And you want, want to know what's going to happen This match is going to be so fucking bad We're going to take this fucking idiot to my left And get fucking rid of him Before the match even gets underway Oh,
4: Suckers has got outside. to know that this is the fucking worst promo we've ever done. Hulk Hogan has taken over the whole goddamn baby face locker room. Everybody's red and yellow, whether we like it or not.
2: Woo! <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Oh God. Well, you know what? This is your typical Hulk Hogan interview. What suck, you going to do? Right.
0: S- Suckers got to know married for life. Finger licking cat bath, Tommy young, low key, big hog, hard to beat. Hypothetically pick them up right now at lowestrules.com Woo. And Tony Schiavone will call and thank you for your business,
2: brother. Uh, absolutely. All right. So that's the main event coming up that we are certainly look forward to it here on the clash of the champions. You know, I looked up a uh, Conrad on, uh, Wikipedia, Oh, well, that's, uh, that,
0: that's a good authority.
2: You know, that's a good I mean, if, authority if it's on everything.
0: Wikipedia, it's legit.
2: Uh, according to Wikipedia, there have been 35 clash of the champions, 35.
0: And I can't remember that many of them. Well, uh, Hulk Hogan has done a promo for the entire length of one here.
4: <laughs> that's right. Four score and seven years ago, dude, Arn Anderson was a big deal in this company, but now I'm here. So fuck him. We got Dave Sullivan in the building. You know what I'm talking about, dude. Bobby Eaton, what the fuck did he ever do? Dave Sullivan's
2: here, brother. All right, next clusterfuck match of the year coming up on Clash of the Champions. 35 Clash of the Champions, and there's only a handful of them I can remember. Well, a handful.
0: Kids, get your parents' permission or don't. Fuck them. 1 900 909 9900. Hear <laughs> all about Hulk Hogan's thermos. Who's he going to go over next week? Who's he been burying? And will Booker T drop a bad word? Probably not, because we've got the, t- the sound turned down. You'll have to wait till Spring Stampede. And there is Chris Cruz. He's going to correct all your grammar on Twitter, because that's all the fuck he does with his life these days. 909-9900, get your kids' permission, because your parents are fucking idiots for letting you watch this. Ask the kids and call
2: now. Hey, you're stealing my gimmick. Do you know what Chris Cruz is doing now, by any chance? Yeah, he's
0: on Twitter. He's a good guy. He's doing all kinds of radio. Um, he interacts about wrestling stuff all the time. I'm just busting balls.
2: Okay. Don't I, I haven't talked to Chris in a long time. I can tell you that, uh, when I came back WCW, he was doing worldwide with, uh, Terry Funk at that time. And I came back and they moved him off worldwide and he jumped into Kevin Sullivan shit. I was in, in the room that night when that happened
0: process, this two Uh years from this match. He's going to be working Bret Hart and Bret Hart's return match in Madison Square Garden, a sold out Madison Square Garden, second from the top, one of the top four players in the company. And here, you guys have got him in front of 3,200 fans laying down for Hacksaw Jim Duggan.
2: Yeah. Well, he didn't lay down for him here, did he? No,
0: no, I know. But he did before. And I guess we should mention right. that he was actually promised a return match here that he was going to win the belt back. But of course, as we know, That doesn't happen Um, He was promised that he would win it back here at the bash Or after doing the job at the bash He would win it back at the clash Or the next pay-per-view But that was overruled Surprise, surprise By Hulk Hogan And so as a consolation prize They say, okay We're going to make you the next Ric Flair And we're going to put Sherry with you So you'll start copying some of Flair's mannerisms And when he comes back next year You guys will have a pay-per-view feud And then they say Nah, brother I think she'd be good with the Harlem Heat So Here's Steve Austin figuring out that wcw has no fucking idea what to do with
2: well and that's all good news for vince because uh, again many reasons why vince won the war but probably the main reason is the guy you're seeing on the floor right now
0: no doubt about it this wins worst match um austin blew his knee out two days prior to this in sarasota and he's limping noticeably uh so there are lots of Uh, critics wondering hey is this a legit injury or is he just saying fuck this which i guess i can't really blame him for these guys once the bell actually rings are only going to go 58 seconds it gets a dud rating there's a run in which you probably know what's coming based on what we just saw how was Uh, duggan liked in the locker room
2: how what was he like in the locker room
0: i mean i feel like he would have been one of the more well-liked guys i can't imagine a lot of people having a problem with hacksaw
2: yeah, everybody likes hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's just a, a friendly, uh, you know, very, uh, gregarious guy.
0: That's the word of the gregarious. day. We may put that on a shirt because, you know, you're usually talking about glass bottom boat rides and you just broke out gregarious.
2: I like it. And Austin does a bump and goes, I, I, I'm curious here to me, Austin with Sherry, a Flair gimmick wrestling against Flair. To me, sounded like money. Are you yeah. saying that Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan kiboshed it? Yeah. You got that on good authority?
0: Well, that's what the observer says, so it's got to be true, uh, right?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Next to Wikipedia, the observer is the authority.
0: It's worth mentioning, um, that WRAL and Raleigh was reporting that a lot of fans planned to boycott Starcade because Flair was forced to retire. And interest in the South is dweening, dwindling a little bit to the point that they even canceled the traditional Thanksgiving card at the Omni in Atlanta because nobody's buying tickets.
2: Right. If they were, we were doing to the South, what NASCAR is doing to the South now. Trying to alienating the South. Right. Yeah. We should, uh, we should
0: so, mention around this same time, Beavis and Butthead, which is a really popular TV show at the time on MTV. Uh, was doing a deal on Hulk Hogan where they were watching him on TV and his theme song was playing and they were making fun of him taking steroids, which obviously this is, you know, still the steroid trial is fresh on everybody's mind. Would that be something that would rub Hogan the wrong way? Would he have been sensitive to being kind of spoofed on Beavis and Butthead?
2: Yeah, he would have been. And I don't blame him. Cause he was a big star at that time. And you can't at least you got to protect your shit. Yeah. Right. Thank you.
0: WCW sent out a major marketing survey asking a lot of questions about wrestling, ranging from what fans were interested in to what they think of Hulk Hogan, and then just list about every name of a wrestler in the U S that they're interested in. And they include randomly names like Jushin Liger, great Muda, Tommy rich, the road warriors, Jake Roberts, Sabu, and even Papa Shango. Uh, what these would have been, or Papa Shango, would, would this have been, um, a survey that would have been an idea of Eric Bischoff or someone else in the company? Do you think?
2: Yeah, no, it would have been Eric Bischoff's idea. Eric was big into stuff like that. Eric had focus groups and I went to a number of those focus groups and kind of sat behind the wall listening to what they had to say. So he was very big into that. And Turner was always willing to, even Bill Shaw said this. He said, if you got an idea for a focus group, Turner will shell out all kinds of, of money for it. So, uh, now when, when Mr. T walks out here with this garb on, I remember going to Heenan and saying, Bobby, what do you think about this? And Bobby wouldn't even comment on it. Although he did say at the end, is that a zebra? Because that hat was just freaking hilarious.
0: Isn't there some sort of, um. It's like a Christmas song or something like And Mama in her kerchief. It feels like uh
2: him wearing <laughs> the Mr. Hat. T and his hat. Yeah.
0: It's a little weird. Mm. Uh the the introduction here is I guess what cracked me up the most because you guys paid a small fortune to have Mr. T introduced very formally as the baddest dude in the ring.
2: <laughs> really? I you know, um, uh, I, I think that was probably Michael Buffer freestyling.
0: He read it off a card or it looked like he was
2: Yeah, well, a card that he wrote.
0: Well, it's amazing to me. I mean, cause I pity the fool that paid for this shit. Like who thought <laughs> Mr. T was real. I mean, and think about how Mr. T feels. He first gets invited into wrestling. He's doing like Saturday night live and he's with the Rockettes and, um, Liberace and he's in Madison Square Garden. And now he's in goddamn Jacksonville, Florida in front of 3,200 people. With Dave fucking Sullivan.
2: Yeah. Well, he's getting a payday, right? Probably getting a pretty good one. He's probably getting paid more than I am at that night. Probably not more than Michael buffer, but probably more than I am.
0: Oh, he was making more than buffer. He had to be. What was his, uh, his, um, his 1-800, his toll free number. Do you remember his collect? Was that 1-800 call ATT?
2: No, it's uh, <laughs> what, uh, Mr. T? Yeah. Wasn't that 1-800 collect?
0: That man, man. Yeah. So, um, of all of Brutus, the fucking barbers gimmicks, which one was your favorite and why is it the butcher?
2: No, it wasn't the butcher. My favorite was always, uh, Zodiac.
0: You liked it better than Brutus, the
2: fucking barber? Yeah. I I like, I like Zodiac. I, I thought, I thought that was the, I thought that was a modern day missing link. You know, what's
0: amazing to me is it's like Hulk Hogan has a switch. He flips. Yeah. It's like, he just goes from normal to, okay. Let's get fired up. And you see it whenever interviews start and when he starts coming out to the, to the ring, like I've always been fascinated, like what he probably walks and talks like backstage right before he walks through the curtain, because when he walks through the curtain, he's like turned all the way up to a 10.
2: Yeah. I, 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 remember one time, this was my WWF days and you know, we used to go out and do a superstar and challenge and superstar would be three weeks worth of TV that we would do and they would go out and they would see, you know, a lot of enhancement matches, not many main events, a couple of interviews that Gene Oakland would do, but Hulk Hogan was always promised as in the main event and it was a long night and uh, we were at the gorilla position and Hogan was just standing back there and the fans had been waiting for so long and they would be a gorilla said, you know, ring the bell uh, as he would say from the gorilla position and Uh, They announced uh, Hulk Hogan and somebody pulled back the curtain and Gorilla said, your majesty, (laughs) everyone awaits. And Hulk Hogan was just standing there nonchalant. And you're, you're right. As soon as he walked through the curtain, he started doing that, you know, flip of the hand with the ear and just absolutely turned it on. So I remember thinking and remember the moment between Hulk Hogan standing behind the curtain and Hulk Hogan stepping through the curtain, how different that was.
0: It's amazing that he can just turn it on like that and, I mean, he is the reason I'm a wrestling fan. I know we have a lot of fun with the Hulkster on the show, but I don't know that I would have gotten into wrestling as a kid if it weren't for Hulk Hogan. I can't even put my yeah. finger on exactly what it was, but I mean, every time he was on TV, it was appointment television in my house. And he's forced working here with the head booker, uh, of all the phenomenal NWO heat, Kevin Sullivan. But here, uh, we're being treated. So some really not great highlight real shit for WCW. And I want you to press play in one, two, three, now.
2: Yeah, Sullivan came up with some really good stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think something you need to say here about what Hogan said on Ric Flair's 30 for 30. And I know I had a lot of uh, friends of mine comment about that, about Hogan saying some great things about the nature boy, Ric Flair, and how he could work. And uh, I think that was kind of a glimpse, into, a glimpse into the kind of guy that Hogan really was. And I know he had a big ego and I know he did a lot of things to protect himself and why not? But, uh, again, going back to what you had to say, uh, I have a lot of time for Hulk Hogan. Oh, and I have a lot of time for Brutus, the barber, beefcake, the butcher coming down. his friend here, Conrad. Oh my God. Oh, and Mr. T has to push him back.
0: Life imitates art. Have you seen these guys are feuding in real life these days? Brutus, the fucking barber, beefcake and the immortal Hulk Hogan on Twitter.
2: No. Is it a shoot or are they just working here?
0: Well, we'll find out, you know, Brutus is trying to strut and cut and bro his new book. And, uh, I highly recommend it because I would love to know how you feel 300 pages with uh coattail riding and weed carrying, but he's going to find a way
2: <laughs> brother. Oh, uh, so they're just doing something for the book is what they're doing.
0: Well, I don't know Mason. that to be sure. I mean, Hogan doesn't mm-hmm. really get along with anybody from the past. Right. I mean, it feels like he's sort of, Anybody who he felt like was a hanger on or whatever. He sort of kicked to the curb is from my understanding.
2: Mm, Okay. Well, you know, more, you know, more about it than I do. Here's the, it was the greatest move of the match. Getting rid of getting rid of EVAD here. And they finally thought, you know, uh, we need to get this guy out of here. We'll make it three on two. We don't give a shit. Go, go, go.
0: These guys are going to go, um, 11 minutes and seven seconds. The observer is going to give them a start and a quarter. They say it has good heat, but an incoherent muddled up match. So the fans are into it at least for a little while here.
2: Yeah. The fans are into it for a couple of things. Well, number one, Hogan, uh, and number two Hogan and, and then number three sting probably because they are big stars, but i uh, you know, i I often thought, and I know uh, John Tenta is no longer with us. I was often amazed about how a guy that size could work a match like this without without his heart exploding. Uh, Now, I I know Vader was a big guy too, but Vader just seemed to me to be in a little bit better physical shape than John Tenta was. Uh, And just, it's amazing to me. That he could just stay in the ring this, this long and do some things.
0: How would you describe John Tenta's gear here?
2: Well, it was black and blue because that's what the avalanche made you black and blue. Listen to you.
0: (laughs) It's worth mentioning. WCW has officially fired Ricky Steamboat around this same time. His contract was supposed to expire at the end of the year. Uh, but instead they just go ahead and cut ties with him sooner because he suffered an injury, which is career threatening. So. Take you out the past year, put one behind the ear. Thanks for playing.
2: Hmm. So instead of him, we got Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake in our main event, right? Instead of a guy like Reggie steamboat.
0: Yep. No, Bobby, he Eaton all right. on this Show no, 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 Arn Anderson. Uh, oh! <laughs> Mr. T good on that three count there. Isn't he? <laughs> Mr. T is a referee uh, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being <laughs> Tommy. Tommy young where where, where would you rank? Mr. T.
2: Uh, he would be a minus quarter star. I love you for that.
0: While we're, uh, suffering through this match at this Uh, time, you know, WCW of course is being sued by Charlie Norris, but they're also being sued by Ranger Ross for racial discrimination, Missy Hyatt for sexual discrimination. And of course, Rick rude for his career ending injury that happened, uh, in uh, Japan against sting. Let's talk about Missy Hyatt's lawsuit. This happened uh, just about a month before this, it was filed. It's a twenty-page lawsuit uh, filed in Atlanta, where she sues WCW, TBS, Bob Do, and Eric Bischoff specifically. She says that she was hired in March of eighty-nine to a two-year deal for fifty grand each. The first year renewed uh, in March of ninety-one. Uh, so from ninety-one and ninety-two, she made sixty-five thousand, and then seventy-five grand in ninety-three. And part of the deal is she's supposed to participate in her merchandise sales and whatever proceeds is generated from her contributions on the hotline anyway her claim is that she was forced to work in a hostile work environment with sexual harassment sexual discrimination and retaliation she specifically named rick flair jim ross don sandifer eric bischoff bob do mike graham greg Ganya, ollie anderson gene okerland bill tinsley and craig leathers for things ranging from grabbing her breasts to continually asking her out for dates or sexual favors to making unwanted sexual advances, to threatening or intimidation, and also noted a full-color photo of her from Starcade 93, where her breast popped out of her dress and was displayed for the entire wrestling office to see. Uh, She's uncomfortable with all this, tells Bischoff, and she says he does nothing, so she goes over his head to Bob Do. Of course, when Eric finds out, he fires her. So she's suing for that, but also wage discrimination, saying that uh, she was paid substantially less than other people who did the same amount of work. And they could, they had, uh, inflicted emotional distress and assault and battery and a breach of contract because she was never paid for her merchandise or her hotlines. She says they misrepresented her earnings. And then she goes to far as to say torturous interference with property as to defendant Bischoff, because apparently Bischoff said he wasn't going to pay her unless she signed off some belongings like titles to three expensive vehicles, which I presume is Eric looking out for his boy, Jason Hervey after a nasty breakup. So she's looking for a bunch of cash, uh, specifically $10,000 per count, uh, plus a big lump sum. Does this send shockwaves through the company when you use words like sexual harassment and you name big stars like mean gene and Eric Bischoff and Ric Flair,
2: uh, for us in the office, it sends more of a shockwave through the company when they use names like, uh, Neil Pruitt and Bill Tinsley who would have. Why she named those two guys? I'll never know. Two of the uh, two of the greatest guys and hardest working guys I know.
0: You said Neil Pruitt. You mean Craig Leathers?
2: Sorry, Craig Leathers. Did I say Neil Pruitt? Sorry, yeah. Uh, but Bill Tinsley. Ah, Bill Tinsley was just one of the nicest guys, and just a very quiet. Uh, just I don't know.
0: Hypothetically, what, know, what would mean jeans a pickup line sound like?
2: Well, I want to tell you, honey, go back to our apartment. And I'll let you dial my 1-900-909-9900. Don't need your parents' permission. Cause I'm going to go in head first and call.
0: <laughs> sting is uh, getting a hot tag here and, uh, oh putting in work.
2: Oh, just so much you can do with avalanche, you know?
0: Well, and you know, a lot you can do with sting because even though Kevin Sullivan's yeah. not a very tall guy. Oh, that's right. a big, thick, sti- uh, th- thick dude right here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It is. Sullivan, one of these patented moves, jumping up and just jumping right on your midsection or your sternum Hogan too close. I I'm, you know, I vaguely remember the Missy Hyatt, uh, lawsuit, but when you talk about Ranger Ross and you talk about Charlie Norris talk about Missy, it almost seems like we were, uh, litigated into chapter 11. Doesn't it? Everybody wants a piece of the pie. Including you, you got
0: your $1,500, you motherfucker.
2: Yeah, I did. But yeah, I wasn't even working with the company that time. $1,500. Come on, I was owed, uh, I was owed that. And you know, I wasn't you, harassed.
0: You can save a lot more than that over at uh, SaveWithBruce.com. You know, Bruce and I can help you get a great deal on a home loan, whether you're looking to buy a new home or just get a cheaper mortgage, maybe get rid of your credit card debt, skip a couple of house payments during the holidays. We can hook you up right now over at SaveWithBruce.com. nMLS lesson number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, Roll Tide.
2: Wow, has this, uh, has this, uh, this episode of what happened when got that shitty where you had to break out into a commercial in the middle of it?
0: I do commercials in every show, dude. What the fuck?
2: Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> didn't know.
0: Hypothetically, if you had to take a leg drop from Earthquake or Yokozuna, who would you rather oh. take a leg drop from? Uh,
2: I think Earthquake.
0: Did Klondike Bill ever ride up and down the roads with uh, John Tenta?
2: Feels like they would have been boys. No, it feels like they're both Canadians. Uh, feels like they, they would have been boys at one time. Absolutely. Probably had a couple of great stories about the, the ladies of the, of the evening in Calgary, Alberta,
0: Canada, if I could be serious for a minute, uh, did any of the boys, when they would get to their hotel rooms and as Ric Flair says in uh, his 30 for 30, these little shit towns, would they just open the yellow pages to escorts. Uh, oh yeah,
2: absolutely. They would. Who was the biggest escort dollar? Uh, I, I don't know.
0: Okay. Can you tell us a funny call? Cause I know you guys to entertain yourselves would call and make ridiculous demands. That had to happen.
2: Right. Uh, a call be made. And you know, a lot of times a call be made saying that they were the nature boy, Ric Flair.
0: Well, of course.
2: Uh, yeah, of course. Even though they weren't the nature boy, Ric Flair. And would you come to Ric Flair's room? And do you know who he is? He's the world heavyweight champion. And he is—he'll uh, meet you at the door. He will be undressed, completely undressed. Uh, when you see him, you can't put over the fact that his dick is like, you know, as big as a baby's arm, and things like that. And
0: so, Mister T stops the megaphone from being used, and counts the three. Hogan gets the pin over Kevin Sullivan. Kevin picks up the megaphone now, and clocks Mister T down. He goes, avalanche is here getting the better of sting. And now the butcher is going to overwhelm Hulk Hogan brother.
2: And the butcher is going to put a sleeper hold on Hulk Hogan. And we <laughs> earthquake jumping up and down. That's the earthquake right before he puts the earthquake. Ooh,
0: the avalanche. That's the avalanche.
2: Oh, okay. Whatever. Uh, and, uh, do you see where sting's jaw was when that avalanche hit? It
0: was in the Klondike position. Pooh. <laughs> Yikes! Hypothetically speaking, did you paint Hogan's face this night, or who do you think did?
2: Uh, no, I have a feeling that uh, I got a feeling Kevin Sullivan may have done that. Sullivan was really big into doing shit like that. You know, he would like paint black marks on his head, and uh, and now we come to the part to where we're really concerned about the condition of Hulk Hogan, because you know, here, guys, that the sleeper hold when it's put on is legitimate. When it's put on, is legitimate and this could cut off the oxygen to his brain. Which, and uh, we don't want. So what do we do? We bring out Brad Armstrong and uh, Brian
0: and Armstrong. his brother.
2: Yeah. So that's going to help. One gets tied to the tree of woe and Hogan's out. The sleeper is on and now we're all concerned about it.
0: Here's a great question. Think? What, what, where are all the other baby faces? like, isn't Hacksaw yeah. Jim Duggan his friend? Why isn't he out here?
2: It, exactly. Where's Hacksaw. Uh, We send in, what, uh, Stars and Stripes. Uh, They get glommed. And I remember saying in the course of this, all right, we've had enough. Where's security? (laughs) Well, here they come, and you can see the cops. They're going to stop right there. We ain't getting nowhere near this shit, man. And Chuck Tashe, our trainer, has come in as well. We're all concerned about Hogan because he's been in the sleeper, and they finally get him to break it.
0: And that guy just lightly pulls his wrist away and he breaks it. Right. And of course they're saying that, you know, this, there's possible brain damage here. This move has been banned by the LAPD. They can't use it there. It's been on for four or five minutes. He can have permanent damage. Hmm.
2: So now again, they walk out losing the match, but knowing they have won because they think they have put the end to Hulkamania.
0: I want to remind everybody, we're about five weeks prior to Starcade, which is, based on what we believed, the biggest show of the year for WCW. And the main event is going to be Hulk Hogan and the Butcher. And it's based on this angle where he put him in a sleeper hold. This is the big build for the biggest pay-per-view of the year for WCW in 1994.
2: So what is that telling you? It's telling you two things. Number one, Hogan was getting his way. 100%. With his friends. Yep. And it was also telling you that we really didn't have anybody to feed Hulk Hogan. To feed to Hulk Hogan, did we? I mean, I, I, I'm not defending Brutus as the show comes to an end, thank God. I'm not defending Brutus the Barber Beefcake here, but... Who can you put in there to go against Hogan? You got you to gotta find somebody. You got to come up with somebody. Flair's had a retirement match, right? Right.
0: Well, Tony, let's go I to mean, Twitter. We uh, we wanted to get some fans to ask you some questions, and we're going to do this every single week. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. At WHW Monday is where you'll be able to find it. And don't forget those hilarious videos. One for Starcade and one for Tony's birthday. It's available for you right now over at facebook.com forward slash WHW Monday. Next week, of course, stay tuned. We've got World War III, the 20 year anniversary of the 1997 show. And then on Thanksgiving night, your new Thanksgiving tradition, it's Starcade 87. Tony, are you ready for some Clash of the Champions
2: questions from Twitter? Absolutely. Let's do it.
0: Uh, Adam wants to know, should WCW have developed a long-term feud with Vader and Dustin Rhodes after this match? I feel like it's very
2: underrated. Adam, it's a great point, and I do agree. Something something could have come out of that instead of just a hot-shot, one-shot deal. Because that was, that was good. That was great. I, I, I think so. John wants to know,
0: did Honky Tonk Man have a low-key Big Hog?
2: From what I understand, he
0: did not. Um... Andy wants to know didn't Hogan bringing in all of his buddies and Brutus the fucking barber beefcake destroy morale in the WCW dressing room?
2: I I don't think it destroyed morale. I I think that's uh, that's kind of a hard word to use but it it didn't it didn't help things. Put it that way.
0: Uh, Did Tony produce the Never mind. Let skip that. Okay. Shit. Skevo wants to know, does Sting know that everyone has red blood cells?
2: Uh, he may not. <laughs> what kind of fucking question is that? Well, he's in
0: a promo. <laughs> uh, Green okay. Bastard wants to know, why was Dave Sullivan taken out of the main event so early? To put us out of our misery, right?
2: Exactly. We, we, we talked about that earlier. The, the best move was earthquake avalanche the shark whomever splashing on the arm to get him out of the match
0: in your uh kyle wants to know and in your opinion did any wrestler have all the tools yet seem to always fail to be in the main event sort of like the georgia bulldogs (laughs) is this
2: guy from auburn
0: i don't know his name's kyle though and it was a hell of a question and it got red on the show
2: okay i i don't know i uh Kyle also sounds like a Florida Gator, by the way, that lost to South Carolina.
0: Dustin Rhodes could have been a main event guy.
2: Yeah, he could have been a main event guy. Uh, We've—it's well documented that Steve Austin was not should have been on top and wasn't. We've talked about it during this show, right? Jeru uh, wants to know: Can we get a Candyman impression? A Candyman impression. Are you talking about the goddamn candy man? Came running in the ring with his brother. He's gonna throw candy out to all the fans. We're gonna call him the goddamn Candyman. And not only that, we're gonna put tights on him that look like peppermint stripes. So not only is he the goddamn Candyman, but when you look at him, you'll say to your wife, it's the goddamn Candyman.
0: Green bastard, was the matter? Did Mr. T have a deal in WCW around this time, or was it just
2: her uh, appearance? It was per appearance.
0: Freestyle of guess.
2: $10,000? Oh, no. He, I bet you he made 25000 Oh,
0: my God. Oh, absolutely. Jason wants to know, did Tony ever call the Hulk Hogan hotline?
2: No, never did. My parents never let me.
0: Um, PPP wants to know, does Evad Sullivan live in all our hearts? It doesn't live in mine.
2: Nathaniel wants to know, what is Lois wearing right now? Uh, I haven't seen Lois in like three or four days, so I don't know.
0: Tommy wants to know, if Tony was a member of the Dungeon of Doom, what would his gimmick
2: be? Uh, my gimmick would have been, uh, short round fat boy.
0: Jeff wants to know, why the hell did they book Dave Sullivan to get anywhere near the main event with Sting and Hogan?
2: Uh, I don't fucking know. That that's that's the a question mini. we were asking. Yeah, the book that's <laughs> booking. No, that's a question we were asking each other, leading all the way up to this one. Russell has a good question. Why was there no writing on Sullivan's face?
0: No writing. You know, he used to draw like shit on his forehead. Yeah, I, I talked
2: about the black stuff on. But he, I, did, he didn't yeah,
0: hear. Do you know why? No, I don't. Um. Jeff wants to know, did Tony Schiavone get as excited for Paul Roma as he did for Tom Zink?
2: No, I, I, Tom Zink, uh, has a special place in my heart. Although I was very excited about Roma in many ways because I thought he was as mentioned here earlier, a very underrated worker.
0: Uh, noble Savage says I have read in the past, the nasty Boys were notorious rivers and were always in uh, front whenever a fight broke out. Can you confirm any of these stories?
2: Oh, yeah, they were. Uh, there a lot of, uh, they were big-time rivers. Uh, they love to uh, fuck around with you. And uh, there was a, a shoot fight one time that broke out between the Nasty Boys and somebody else in the locker room. And I'm trying to put my brain around it one time, but it was, it was well-documented.
0: Scott Hall he had an issue with Jerry Sags and Scott Hall had an issue.
2: Exactly. Yeah, thank you.
0: Um, what's uh, Paul, the Saints fan wants to know, what's your favorite Paul Roma match?
2: My favorite Paul Roma match. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of liked, like we were talking about, I, there was a lot of the matches when uh, Paul Roma was back in the WWE.
0: With uh, Hercules.
2: Um, yeah. With Hercules and those, uh, that tag team they had back then.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, I'm pretty fired up about, uh, our next week's show because I enjoyed the cluster that was World War Three, especially when I imagine that we get to relive that cluster here on the show with you. Sixty guys in three rings next week on the show, and then the week after that, your new Thanksgiving tradition—you're going to watch Starcade '87 with us. So if you wanted some Crockett, you wanted some old-school Starcade, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, so stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter. He is at Tony Shavani twenty-four. I am at Hey Hey. It's Conrad. We are at WHW Monday and of course you've got to see this birthday video. I'm not over hyping it. Whenever I tell you, you got to go watch this. I'm usually right. Trust me on this. Go to facebook.com forward slash WHW Monday. Find the Tony birthday video. If you like it, throw us a like, if you don't like it, take a poop with your pants on Tony, we're out of time. Uh, go ahead and, uh, do what everybody's really here to see.
2: Thank you very much. Conrad Thompson. Hi, everybody. Tony Schiavone. We're ready for the main event of the Clash of the Champions. And this is going to be, without a doubt, one of the biggest cluster clusterfucks we've ever had in Jacksonville. In the ring right now is Colonel Robert Parker, along with Ming. Also heading to the ring is Ravishing Rick Rude. Also behind him is stunning Steve Austin. Coming to the ring, the Nature Boy, Rick Flair. Also behind him is Dave Silva. And if you look. Dave Silva is wearing brown trunks. There's a reason behind that, fans. So he doesn't shit himself when he gets body slammed by the nature boy, Ric Flair. And also behind him, here comes Dave Sullivan. It's even coming to the ring. He jumps on the back of Dave Silva, who jumps on the back of Ric Flair, who jumps on the back of ravishing Rick Rude. Stunning Steve Austin with a bad knee, lips around, and here comes Vader. All the way down, back at all from the top rope, getting ready to execute the Vader bomb on 10 men in a stack. And we're out of time. This clusterfuck is over on WCW. What happened when Monday on the MLW radio
5: network.
0: Hear more of Tony and that horse shit at MLW. One shot. Don't oh fucking never say never it's one of those i botched this but go to mlw.tv slap dick
2: shivani thinks you're a good looking man well he's nothing but a fat piece of shit because i know that we have hot tag many many girls yeah let me tell you something i'm tired of hot tagging we're not hot tagging anymore you and shivani just go right ahead with your little love affair come on tom
1: Mania weekend's biggest party is coming to Bourbon Street. Don't miss an all-inclusive, all-night party, Friday, April 6th. Hosted by Kevin Nash and over 20 other wrestling stars. Enjoy unlimited drinks all night long at the Bourbon Cowboy on Bourbon Street. Throw beads from the balcony. Drink and party with your favorite wrestling stars. Hurry. Limited quantities available. Purchase tickets now at PWRshow.com That's PWRshow.com
5: Hey everybody, I'm Sean Mooney, the MLW Event Center and the world of MLW never stops. It's official. Walla Mania tickets are on sale now at Ticketfly and MLWTickets.com. Experience the wildest night of the year in New Orleans live as Walla Mania kicks off WrestleMania weekend on Thursday night, April 5th. Tickets start at $15. Get those tickets before they sell out at Ticketfly and MLWTickets.com. In our MLW Never Say Never update for the week, Sports Illustrated revealed that John Hennigan, the man formerly known as John Morrison, will team up with Shane Strickland in a no-DQ match on December 7th in Orlando. Their opponents, the king of the death match, Jimmy Havoc, and the enigmatic Darby Allin. Get your tickets now at MLWTickets.com. Meanwhile, over on This Week on MLW Radio, New York Times best-selling author Brian Shields enters the Wrestle Rap Arena to discuss his latest project, Second Nature, the legacy of Ric Flair, and the rise of Charlotte. Each and every Friday, check out something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. On the latest episode, the one and only Brother Love looks back at the New Age Outlaws and their big run during the WWE Attitude Era. Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling drops Thursday with Fallout from Power Struggle, some gearing up for Survivor Series, and Nathan from Nathan's Wrestling Review rents some time on the podcast for his exclusive AAW interviews. Also out now, Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson look at WrestleWar92 on What Happened When. MLWVIP.com's MLW Radio Extra has Rich Bikini and MSL answering your questions and giving you an exclusive on the December 7th MLW Never Say Never show. Go VIP for just $1.99 to hear a ton of great premium podcasts from Kevin Sullivan and many, many others. Go to MLWVIP.com to learn more. Also, be sure to catch primetime with me, Sean Mooney, as I get caught up with my longtime close personal friend, Mean Gene Okerlund. That's right, don't miss it. And be sure to get in on the hottest ticket in the Big Easy. Tickets for Wallamania 4 are now on sale at Ticketfly and MLWTickets.com. This event has sold out three years in a row, folks. Don't delay, get your tickets now. And now it's time to get back to your favorite MLW radio podcast.